before he sees me. Smart and suave in his suit. It's dark gray, Paul Smith, his favorite. Stylish and simple, he wears it, as usual, with a plain open neck shirt and no tie. Art looks good in those kind of clothes. He always has. He turns and sees me. He's tired and irritated. I can see it in the way he raises an eyebrow as I walk up. Sorry I'm late. I raise my face and he kisses me. A light, swift brush of the lips. It's fine, Art says. Of course, the truth is that I'm not really sorry, and he isn't really fine. The truth is that I don't want to be here, and Art knows it. I follow Art inside. He shrugs off his jacket as we cross the entrance hall. The shirt he's wearing has a tiny nick on the inside of the collar. You can't see it, but I know it's there. Just as I know Art is pissed off with me from the way his arms hang stiffly at his sides. I should feel guilty. After all, I'm late, and Art's time is precious. And I'm aware that this is hard for him as well as for me. Art stops as we reach the waiting room door. He turns to me with a smile, clearly making a huge effort to overcome his mood. Mr. Tamansini was here a few minutes ago. He is very pleased we're back. You've spoken to him. I'm surprised. The consultants rarely leave their rooms during appointments. He just happened to be in the reception when I arrived. Art takes my hand and leads me into the waiting room. It's classic Carly Street. A row of stiff chintz armchairs and a matching couch. A fireplace with dried flowers on the mantelpiece and a terrible piece of modern art above. Certificates, licenses and awards are positioned in glass frames all around the walls. I catch sight of my reflection in the mirror in the corner. My jumper is creased and my hair looks like it hasn't been brushed for a week. It really needs cutting. The fringe is in my eyes and the ends are split and dry and curling shapelessly onto my shoulders. Before Beth, I had highlights and a trim every couple of months. I straighten my jumper, then smooth out my hair. My eyes shine bright blue against the pink of my cheeks, flushed from running up the road. I used to go to classes at the gym as well. Now I never seem to have the energy. He's on time, but they sent the next couple in ahead of us as you weren't here. Art's tone is only faintly accusatory. I nod again. Art runs his hand up my arm. Are you okay? How was your class? I look at him properly. His face is still so boyish, despite the fact that he turned 40 last week. I don't know whether it's the soft curve of his jaw, or the dimple in his chin, or the fact that his eyes are so big and eager. I stroke his cheek. The skin is rough under my fingertips. Art has to shave twice a day, but I've always liked the shadow on his face. It gives him a rougher, sexier edge. The class was fine. My throat tightens. I so don't want to be here. I'm really sorry I was late. It's just... being here again. I know. Art puts his arm around me and pulls me against his chest. I bury my face against his neck, squeezing my eyes tight against the tears I don't want to let out.
It's going to work out this time. I know it is. It's our turn, Jen. Ah, checks his watch. He's had it years, and the face is scratched and worn. It's the watch I gave him, my first present to him on his birthday, three months after we met. That evening, Art let me buy him dinner for the first time. I'd insisted, seeing as it was his birthday. It was a mild spring evening, the first warm night after what felt like months of winter, and after dinner we'd walked along the embankment and across Waterloo Bridge to the South Bank. Art told me about his plans for Locksley Benson, how all his life he'd been searching for something to believe in, something worthwhile to put his energies into, something to drive towards. And your business means all that, I'd asked. Art had taken my hand and told me.